Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. You're not an accident. You are chosen. You are wanted. You are seen. You are um, accepted. You are wanted. Um, I believe that is what is on the heart of God, that he wants humanity to know that no matter what happened to you, no matter what type of biological father you had or biological mother, you have always been loved by the God of the universe, the God who created the stars and the moon. He also has eyes for you. If you've ever been hurt, neglected, rejected, or abandoned by your father, it may feel like every aspect of life is affected by that broken trust. Even in your relationship with God can feel tenuous, but today's guest says there is hope. We're joined today by Kia Stevens. She's the author of a new book. That book is called Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. She shares her amazing testimony of how she was able to overcome her own father wounds and how she's using this experience to help others. We're joined today by Kia Stevens, and we want to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, when I am not speaking or writing, I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I have two kids, a soon-to-be teen and uh, then another teen. He's a tween right now. And I am married. I have been married for almost 20 years. Uh, So um, that keeps me pretty busy. And also, I started a group for Christian women communicators of color about six years ago, uh, known as Entrusted Women. So that also keeps me pretty busy. And then last month, I released my very first book, Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. Now, I want to get around to that book in just a little bit, but we want to know a little bit more about Entrusted Women. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. You know, I jumped into this world of online speaking and and writing back in 2015. And when I did, I saw a lack of minority representation in the Christian community. And so God did a detour with my heart. Uh, All I really ever wanted to do was the trade book. I wanted to get a trade book, um, Mm -hmm. which is the book that I I just recently released. Um, But when he began to tug on my heartstrings, um, he sidetracked me. Honestly, Um, I would go to writing conferences and saw only a handful of women of color that looked like me. And and then I decided to go ahead and create a Facebook group. And lo and behold, there were so many other women all over the United States, honestly, all over the world that were looking for the same types of community. And so I initially I was sending uh, direct messages to women and saying, hey, I started this group. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a plan. I was just like, okay. If you want to come, come on. And the the response was crazy. Women were like, I've been looking for a group like this. I'm so glad. Yes, I'll join. And they started to join in droves. And um, before I knew it, we had women all across the United States, in the Caribbean, in South Africa, mm-hmm. in in Iceland and, you know, just everywhere. And we built this network. And um, from there, we started to equip 
equip women with um, workshops and interviews. And we did an in-person event. We've had online conferences, of course, with COVID. And, and so it just grew from there. I'm going to go back to what you just said there. I know you said you were a little bit shocked, but, but how amazing is a response like that? Something you kind of just started because you wanted to help your community, but it it blew up. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think the key is that it was really on God's heart. It had to have been on God's heart because it, it felt almost like a haunting <laughs> for me. You know, I, I don't know if God speaks to other people in haunts, but he wants, when he wants you to do something, it just keeps coming back, keeps coming back. And you try to dismiss it and try to say, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do it. And it just keeps coming back. And I wasn't at a place of peace until I just stepped out. On, in faith and and started the group and and I have been shocked by the response. Obviously, like you said, God had a plan there, and uh, you really helped it come through. You mentioned your book, Overcoming Father Wounds: Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect yeah. Love. Tell us about this book and why you decided to write it. Sure. Well, the book was another haunting. You know, I was haunted <laughs> in high school. I I, I felt this. Um, strong inclination to write this book. Uh, It was called The Void at that time, because when I was in high school, I detected a neediness on the inside of me. I didn't have the language to describe it, but I knew that something was a little bit off. I was the type of person I still am that was very driven, very outspoken. I was in the front, you know, SGA president, freshman class president, I'm running for offices. But then on the flip side of that, I I felt that I always had to be in a relationship. I always had to have someone there to affirm me or validate me. And, you know, I knew that something wasn't right with that. So I went to college with this idea that I'm going to write this book and I would work on it in college off and on and took the little book on into marriage with me. And when I was in marriage, I mean, when I was married, you know, they say marriage is like um, putting two pieces of sandpaper together. Uh, I had to get some counseling, (laughs) some more (laughs) counseling. And that's when the Lord really began to show me this is about your father and you have father wounds. And, And I started to get more language and really do the deep introspective work that I talk about in my book. Um, So that was um, the Lord giving me more definition and language to describe what was going on internally. But I remember detecting it uh, when I was a freshman in college and I was in a friend's dorm room and she was sharing about a bookshelf she had built with her dad. And when she said that, it was just like ripping the Band-Aid off the wound. And I acknowledged for the first time, I'm not okay. I uh, have issues <laughs> with my father and I want what she has. I want a relationship with my father. And so that was the first acknowledgement. But I really believe God put put it in me before I knew it was in me to write this book. It, it's not a book that people excitedly run around telling people, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to write a book about father wounds. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not really something that um, someone would sign up for. Because in order to write that book, you have to have them, you know, so I believe that this was God's will for my life. It, it's a it's been 20 plus years in the making. So I know that um, 
this drive to write this type of book could have only come from God. No, you said it's not something that everyone wants to run around and talk about, but this is something that a lot of people can relate to. A lot of people in this world. Can you share a little bit more about your story and where those father wounds start for you? Sure. So my mother and father actually met on a cruise ship. I tell that story in my book. It's quite interesting. And so it sounds romantic, but it was short lived and they got a divorce not too long after they got married. I was about three years old. And um, from that point, initially I had some visitations with my father, some court ordered visitations with my dad. I remember one visit with him in his apartment and then one other visit where he bought me a bike, which I'm grateful for that. But all of my other memories from like kindergarten all the way up to uh, high school are of my father uh, leaving gifts on the front porch of my grandparents' home uh, on some birthdays and some holidays, some Christmases, but not consistently. And so that was my normal. That was what I, I thought life was for me. And I just kind of accepted it until I was face to face with someone else's normal. And then you can kind of see the the differences. You can compare and contrast and say, wait a minute, maybe this isn't, this isn't healthy. Maybe this isn't a, a good way to function, a good way to be. And uh, that would be in my, in my um, college years. And so Uh, After that time in my friend's dorm room, I proceeded to go see a a person that was a mentor in my life at that time. And and she shared with me that she had father wounds and told me how she invited her father into her life. And so she tells the story of how she details all the events of her life that, that he missed. And then she invited him back into her life. And so I said, okay, great. I have a plan this is going to work out. So I detail all the events of my life from kindergarten to high school. And, and, and when I was eight, I did this. And when I was 14, I did this and yada, yada. And um, then I said, and I want to start with a relationship with you now from this point. And so my dad and I began to uh, connect when I was home from college, we'd go out to eat. We would, um, we, we would talk on the phone. I would give him gifts. But what I didn't realize was all of those things that were happening, I was initiating them. And what I know now is that I thought I was enough. I could love him enough. I could initiate enough. I could give him gifts enough. And that's just going to create that father-daughter relationship that I idealized and that I fantasized over, that I longed for, that I wanted. I thought I alone was enough. Uh, But it would take me experiencing disappointment. It would take me realizing that my father is who my father was. And I can't try to force fit him into this round circle. If he's a square peg, he's going to be a square peg. And and I can't make him who I want him to be. But it took disappointment in order to to learn that. It took um, becoming angry and wrestling with God and, and shaking my fist up at God and being angry with my father to find a place of, of peace and acceptance with the reality that people are who they are. 
And if I want to choose to have a relationship with them, I have to accept them as they are. And I have to look to God to meet my needs. I can't come to my father with these eight-year-old or seven-year-old or, or, or 16-year-old needs uh, or, or with a blank check saying, fill it out. You owe me this. You owe me love. You owe me affirmation. You owe me trust. You owe me all of these things that I didn't get. When you enter a relationship in that way, you're going to end up disappointment. When you set up all these expectations for someone to feel that may not have the, the capability or, or the they just may not be capable of meeting those needs in your life. And, and honestly, uh, I don't believe God desires that we do that. I believe God says, I am your source. I am your source. I will affirm you. I give you lavish, lavish love. Um, you can trust in me. I never change. That's who I believe God uh, desires to be in the life of, of every person, but specifically for women who have experienced father wounds. Mm, I love that. When it comes to your faith and to God, I know you said you were like, oh, come on, mm, you know, shaking your fist at God. But how did this impact that roller coaster sure. of an experience impact your faith? Sure. Or, you know, years ago, I discovered this quote uh, in the Washington Times that says sociologists believe it's common for people to perceive that God is like their father or fatherly figures that they had in their lives. And I didn't know, but that was happening to me. I grew up in the church, literally. My, my grandfather was a Baptist pastor, so I was in church almost every day of the week sometimes. And so the stories of the Bible, I didn't question those, um, no matter how far-fetched they might have seemed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. But when it came to the intimate details of my soul, I, I had some questions. When when it came to phrases that I ha heard over and over again, like God is the father to the fatherless, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. How is that really going to happen? And so later after I discovered that quote, I, I had some counseling at another church and uh, they really unpacked that for me and said, basically, if your father was distant, you can perceive God to be that way. And if he was passive or if he was dominant or if he was a dictator, or if he was abusive, you can um, mistakenly place that lens on God. And so now you have this skewed perspective of God. And so in my life, my father was absent. And so there were some portions of my life or, or some um, some areas of my life where I felt like God was distant. God was God was absent. God wasn't going to speak into those things. There were certain categories and boxes that I could place God in. But then other ones like this, this um, longing for my father, uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't see how God could do anything about that. And I also was just a little bit angry with God because I felt like he owed me. Um, and I don't know if there are other um, Christians out there that can relate, but I was like, I gave you my whole life. I served in the church. I mean, when I was a kid, I was on the usher board and I was in the choir and I paid my tithes and and I did everything. God, you, ne you need to hold up your end of the bargain. Uh, and so I kind of sat there, I'm going to be honest, for a long time. And what I realized is that... Um, that type of exchange is not the exchange that that we should have with the Lord. It's not a I scratch your back, you scratch mine. It's uh, it's one. It's I owe you everything. I owe you my life, um, and I owe you my life because of the the sacrificial um, death and and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He saved me, and so out of that um, gratitude, I, I live for you. 
I also discovered that just because God allows bad things in our lives, it doesn't make him a bad God. God is who he says he is in the word. Word. He is a good God. He is um, compassionate. He is loving. Um, there are things that we're going to experience in this life just because of the fall of mankind. Um, but that does not change the attributes of who God is. And so that took a wrestling for me. Um, if there are people who are listening now, um, where you hear me now is not where I was. It's not where I've always been. It's taken 20 plus years to get to this place of peace and acceptance with who God is and what he has chosen to allow in my life. But I also recognize that had he not, I wouldn't be on this on this podcast, on this radio broadcast. I would not have written a book for countless women to read and find their own hope and healing. So I do see purpose. I do see sovereignty in some of the painful things that God allows in our lives. What was it like writing this book? Did it bring up emotions? Was it emotional <laughs> roller coaster once again, bringing back all these memories? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I honestly literally have worked on this book for 20 plus years. And so the book has traveled with me. We, we're we we're not stagnant beings or we shouldn't be. We should grow and we should change and we should morph and we should discover new things. So throughout that 20 plus years, as you can imagine, I was getting counseling. I was having kids. I was wrestling with, with my own my own issues and, and processing and discovering and learning more. So it really uh, evolved with me. I, I think one of the greatest um, moments that I've had is just that final read through. There's so many edits that you go through with the book, but that final read through, I just kind of bawled. Uh, one with the revelation that this is actually happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's actually happening. But then also look what God did. Look what God did. He took a broken child with low self-esteem and all kinds of insecurity issues and and longing for a relationship with her father fumbling around uh in the dark trying to turn on the light in her relationship with the opposite sex and he gave her a purpose he gave her a book that offers hope to other women that are just like her look what God did. And so I had a whole ugly cry moment. Actually, I've had a series of ugly cry moments just in uh, realizing that God does take the broken pieces of our lives and make a beautiful portrait for others to, um, to view and to revel at his ability to, to heal the broken. To, to bind up our wounds, that's Psalms 147 and 3, you know, God still does miracles. In 2023, he still does it. I love the title of this book. Now that I hear you speak, the, the power in that title, Overcoming Father Wounds, there's the pain. But then exchanging your pain for God's perfect yeah. love. That is the best title that you could have chosen or that God had in store for this book. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a friend of mine pointed out, um, I don't know, a little bit ways in into the launch, she said, she pointed out the ING, which is present progressive. And I was like, oh, I love that even more because present progressive is ongoing. It's not final. It's not saying you have overcome. No, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. When we finally see Jesus face to face, one of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 1, 6. It says, being confident of this, that he who has done a great work in you shall be faithful until the day of Christ Jesus to come. Completed. So we're not a complete work. And I'm very brutally honest in my book in chapter nine, the final chapter, I say, I still cry. 
I still cry. There are times where I might see a dad lovingly embrace his daughter in Target and I might have a whole moment because even though I'm in relationship with my father, even though I've forgiven my father, I love my father. I chat with my father on the phone. There are still some things I won't experience with my dad on this side of eternity. And so I have to find a place of peace and I have to go to God with with the gap in between what I longed for and, and what I have. I'm at peace, but but I want the listener to know it's not perfection. It is not perfection by far, but I'm at peace and I am still overcoming. And there is hope. The one thing There's that I hope. love is that there is hope for that listener. And I know you've said it a few times that's listening going, ah, I can't ever get to that point. Um, it's just not going to happen. Or I know my um, husband's cousin, her father, they just started to try to build that back up. And then he passed away. What would you say to those women out there that are, or men out there that are without their father? Sure. I would say I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the pain that you have experienced. If I were God, there would be no pain, but there's a lot of reasons why I'm not God. Uh, I would also say that I don't think it's happenstance that you're listening to me on this radio broadcast or on the podcast. I, I would say God is so intentional that he had you tune in just at the right time so that you could hear this girl all the way in Atlanta, Georgia say, you're loved. You're not an accident. You are chosen. You are wanted. You are seen. You are um, accepted. You are wanted. Um, I believe that is what is on the heart of God, that he wants humanity to know that no matter what happened to you, no matter what type of biological father you had or biological mother, you have always been loved by the God of the universe, the God who created the stars and the moon. He also has eyes for you, specifically for you. I love Psalms 139 that says, I formed you in your mother's womb. So much intentionality. It was not a fluke. It was not an accident. God dreamt you up. He wanted you here. And so I would say to that person that feels wounded by their biological father or biological mother, that that is not how God feels about you. That is not a reflection of the love, the, the lavish and undeserved love that God has for you. And he probably had you listen to this podcast so that you could hear my words today for you. Our parents are flawed. They are flawed. As much as we look up at them with these grandiose eyes, thinking that they'll never fail us and they'll always love us and they'll always be there for us, sometimes they will, but a lot of times they won't because they're just like us, flawed human beings. And so God is not flawed. He's perfect in every way and he loves He loves you. That's so powerful. For our listeners that want to pick up your book, want to learn more about you, how can they go about doing that? Sure. You can find me at www.kiastevens.com. My book is there. The retailers where the book is sold. Or you can just do a Google search, which is, might be easier. Uh, and just put in Overcoming Father Wounds. And you should see all these little pink book covers pop up. 
And you also have a podcast as well, if you want to share a yes, little bit about that. Sure. Awesome. I uh, have a podcast, Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast. Uh, I love to hang out over there where I just talk about topics that pertain to women with father wounds. I also interview women who have experienced father wounds, which I think is so great because um, sometimes you feel like you're alone and you're isolated in what you go through, but you're never isolated. There's always someone else who can relate. And so you can get those stories there. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Kia and Stevens and on YouTube at Kia Stevens. And all those links are at www.kiastevens.com. Thank you so much for making time for us. We do appreciate it. Honored to be here. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.